This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us on this journey, or I should say this battlefield called life. And uh, before I get into it, uh, September 16th, I'll be leading a From Porn to Grace conference in Bolo, Texas, which is very near San Antonio, Texas. So it's Saturday, September 16th from 930 to 3. So if you want to come, I'd love to meet you. Um, some people fly from out of state to these events, so don't think, don't let that stop you if you want to come. Then the very next morning on Sunday, September 17th, I'm giving the, the message there that morning in church. And on another note, I would love to find a host church that would host a for Porn to Grace conference in Arizona, Phoenix, or anywhere in greater Arizona area. I mean, this is my backyard, our turf here. So if you're in the Arizona area, reply um, to the contact information at the end of the show. It's email at blazinggrace.org. And let us know if you'd be willing to host a conference. So those conferences run from 9.30 to 3, normally on a Saturday and I share my story in depth, get into recovery points for men and healing points for wives. I talk in depth about youth. We spend time sharing and praying, and it's usually a very wonderful time where God ministers to people's hearts and they receive healing and captives are broken and set free. So if you're interested in hosting a conference in Arizona or anywhere else, Email at blazinggrace.org. So I have had long COVID for 20 months. I first got diagnosed with it January of 2022. And the symptoms for me include difficulty breathing, the COVID brain, which has different features, can be brain fog, confused thinking at times. Um, there can be emotional crashes. So if I push myself too hard, there can be a, an emotional crash where I just bottom out into a depression and then I have to pray my way through it. Fatigue is a big factor in this. So if I go too hard physically, I can have immediate physical crash where I just fall off the cliff and have zero energy. And I'm used to go, go, go in my life. 
that doesn't mean I didn't, don't take for time for rest, but I like to live my life hard and fast, and I do take time to rest and time to be alone with the Lord quite a bit. But I'm not able to redline it with my energies as much as I did in the past before I got COVID. So there'll be times when, um, like this last week, we were moving some furniture around, and by noon, I was just shot. I had nothing left for the day. My energy level was gone. And um, so there's that. And some days the fatigue can get so debilitating, it's like, I don't want to do anything. And and sometimes, often what happens is the symptoms will, they'll vary. Sometimes it's the shortness of breath can be really tough. And sometimes the fatigue can get really tough. Or the depression. Sometimes the whole thing converges at once and then I'm a royal mess and I need to go take a walk or calm down or take some time to rest. Um, I've, I've had Saturdays where I've slept four hours <laughs> to try and recover. And yesterday, I was um, in that wiped out place. I, I literally thought about canceling today, but then the thought came to my mind, well, I don't know how much time I have left on this planet. And what if the day after today is my last day on Earth? Or what if I drive out of here today and I get an auto crash and this is it? Do I really want to wimp out um, just because of, you know, for some fatigue? And what God has taught me is that in my weakness, he comes in and, and he'll fill in those gaps. And he's also taught me that there's times when we, he calls us to get everything, no matter how we feel, no matter where our comfort zone is. He wants us to pour it all out, and he'll give us the strength to pour it all out, but we have to step out in faith when he's calling us to something. And unfortunately, some people, many people, treat God like a hobby where, okay, I go to church on Sunday, I do my thing there, I do my time there, and then boom, I'm done for the rest of the week with my God time, or, you know, I'll have a little bit of quiet time with them during the week, maybe my 5, 10, 15 minutes in the mornings, but there really isn't a strong connection, and so when we treat God like a hobby, then we end up leading flesh-driven lives, and I've certainly been there just like everybody else, and I have my weaknesses with that too. <clears throat> and so we can't let comfort and how we feel dictate what we do. There's times you're going to be in a terrible place, suffering, trial, pain, or whatever it is, and the Lord's going to say, I want you to go this place now, or I want you to talk to this person now. And the first thought that's going to come out of your Leak out of your heart is, God, I don't want to. I'm tired. I don't want to do anything right now or, or whatever it is. And, and obedience sometimes can be such a big struggle. Um, the big O, you know, it's, it's easy to read God's word, but sometimes when he pokes at us from the page and says, okay, I want you to deal with this sin. I want you to deal with this anger. I want you to forgive this person. I want you to go out, all out in this area then that now it becomes a challenge. Am I going to obey and do what he told me to do? Or am I going to just pretend and check out that I didn't hear that? And that's maybe sometimes that's why we don't really draw near to God because we don't want to hear the answer 
when he challenges us with something. And last week, I had one of those emotional crashes I talked about where I just bottomed out in depression, and it lasted for several hours. And usually I can pray my way out of it, but this time it wasn't happening. And, okay, God, what do I do with this? And then he brought to me the verse from James chapter 1 where he says, Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results so you may be perfect and complete, not lacking in anything. And um, so it's really easy to say, yeah, okay, I'll consider it joy. But where I was at that moment, just getting the words out of my mouth was work. But I said, okay, this is what you're telling me. I will consider it joy. And sometimes he'll come to us and say, consider this suffering joy. And we're, in, we're a mile away from joy. We're, we're just in the pit. <clears throat> but Lord, you say this is joy. Thank you, God, for this, this trial, this suffering, this pain. And <clears throat> so I did that. And then a matter of minutes later, the, de- the depression and the fog lifted and and then I had peace again. So that's the amazing part of the Christian life is it's a supernatural life. But sometimes the doorway into that supernatural life is one of pain and suffering and weakness. Some of you may know who Amy Carmichael is. She was a missionary born in the 1800s in Ireland. And then she ended up in India where she was a missionary, I think, for the last 50 years of her life. So around the age of 60, she had an accident where she fell in a pit, broke some bones, had internal damage. I think she twisted her spine. And for the last 20 years of her life, Amy was laying in bed in terrible pain. And back then in the 1900s, you know, they didn't, especially in India, they didn't have the care, nowhere near the care that we have today. So at first she was thinking, okay, I'm going to recover from this, but that didn't happen. <clears throat> and I'm going to read you a passage <clears throat> from one of her writings when she was in that place. <clears throat> and she says, For some days the pain was dulled. Then it came on with a severity which was to increase for many weeks. And in one form or another for months, then came a day when I was open to a new and deeper experience of the Lord's presence with me. It began when I read a heretofore not much noticed word from Psalm 105:18, where it's speaking of Joseph. The psalmist writes, his feet were, they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. I looked up this verse in a Greek translation of the Old Testament where a commentator rendered a different view of this scripture, and he said, Joseph's soul entered into iron, entered whole and entire in its resolve to obey God into the cruel torture. My soul was not in cruel torture, but my foot was badly hurt. And as I lay there unable to move, it came to me that what was asked of Joseph in a far greater degree was asked of me now. When I merely endure it, praying for the grace not to make too much over my poor circumstances, or would my soul willingly 
enter into the iron of this new and difficult experience. There could be only one answer to that. And then on the following Sunday evening, a word was given from Philippians 1.13, my bonds in Christ, and I knew all that well, was well indeed. So there could be nothing but peaceful acceptance. And when one accepts, then all that is included in the thing accepted is accepted too. In my case, the helplessness, the limitations, the disappointments of hope deferred, and the suffering... So she went to a place of accepting uh, ongoing pain. And last week, I have to admit that recently I was going through a place where I was getting uh, a little irritated at having to deal with this. And 18 months, I know, I know there's people that have been through other things, cancer and other things for a lot longer and gone through a lot more pain, but where I was recently is I'm getting kind of tired of this. And then I happened to read this, and I, and I remembered, oh, okay, Lord, I accept this. I accept your purpose for my life. I accept the times when it's tough to breathe. I accept all that's going on with this illness. And I have other physical ailments as well. <clears throat> but, Lord, I accept it. And then, uh, And then, like Amy, I went back to a place of, peace and rest and okay this is it this is what he has for me my position changed you lord what do you want me to learn from this not how can i get rid of it because there's no end in sight for this right now there are people that have had this for years i'm talking three years or more and uh, i have no idea how long this is going to go but god what do you want me to learn from it and and one thing as i mentioned before is he's teaching me how to lead a supernatural life. So 90% of the time when I'm driving to the radio station on the days that we tape here, I'm going through spiritual warfare in one, fair, in, in, way, in one way or another, either mental or physical. And So there was one time where five minutes before I'm getting ready to go on, I, I can barely breathe. I mean, it, I'm having to push the air out. I just remember praying and saying, God, this is not going to work. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to be able to breathe to, uh, to do this. And then immediately these wor- words formed in my mind, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And, and that was half encouragement and half rebuke. It was like God saying, do you remember me? Do you remember who I am? Do you remember what I can do? Do you remember how much... I've gotten you through all these years, and just like a minute later, all of a sudden my lungs opened up, I had full freedom physically, and boom, went right at it. And this is what I mean by the supernatural life, because, you know, we don't go to church just to learn how to be good. We're given the Holy Spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Power is first up. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 4, But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod? Or with love and a spirit of gentleness? So when you go to church, do you experience power? 
I'm not talking about a really loud worship band with the speakers blasting. I'm talking Holy Spirit power. From time to time, do you get convicted to the point of tears? That's the type of power that Paul's talking about. From time to time, does his grace reach down so deep to your core that you're either just filled with joy or you're just sobbing and weeping over such deep peace and wonder and love? Do you allow God to work through your weaknesses and to exhibit his power and strength in you? So when he's talking about power, he's not talking about our power and my power. No way is he talking about my power. He's talking about his power in weak flesh. So we need suffering. It is a blessing. That's why it says, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. They produce endurance. They produce strength. They strengthen our faith because when we're weak and we got nothing left, um, we can do two things. We can go out and try and medicate with something stupid like pornography or food or social media or movies or whatever else, or we can look up and say, okay, God, you promised you would come through to me. And I go to Isaiah 41 a lot, and I'll read this for you. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Those are rock-solid, guaranteed promises. A lot of times we don't look up for his strength. What we do is figure out, okay, what do I need to do to to get strength my way? Maybe I need to take a nap. And yeah, naps we need, but this is strength of heart, strength of soul, strength that affects your emotions. And so when I'm in a weak place, I'll remember these verses and go to God and say, you promise, Lord, you will strengthen me. You promise you will help me and you will uphold me with your righteous right hand. And then right before that, be not dismayed. I am your God. I will never never leave you nor forsake you. Some, we forget so quickly that we're not alone. And sometimes Satan goes and throws a dart that you're alone. God isn't with you. He don't hear. He doesn't hear your prayers. What does, difference does it make? And that's a, those are the kind of lie darts that cut us off from his power if we, can, if we buy into that stuff. So we always go back to, God, what have you said? You've made a promise to me. You will strengthen me. And that's, we go to him for that strength and we have that little mustard grain seed of faith. It's amazing and wonderful to watch him come through. And isn't that what we're really going to church for? We're not going to church for a really big theology and doctrine dose, or at least I'm not. I want to know God. I want to know his power, I want to know his love. I want his conviction because I need it with this broken, sinful, crummy, wicked flesh that's inside of me. I want to know what's real and alive and powerful. And isn't that what we're all really hungry for? The word of God is alive and powerful from Hebrews 4, I believe it is. 
sharper than any two-edged sword. So when you go to church, are you experiencing this power in church? And I'm going to be honest, in a lot of church services, I don't experience that power. I want to be challenged out of my comfort zone. I want to be challenged to take my prayer life to another level. But we, we worry too much about comfort or offending people. Got to stop that. Um, suffering is a good thing. It's hard, and I don't want to, you know, I'd rather not have long COVID or the other things I'm going through. But this is what he's given me today, and I have no choice. So it keeps me on my knees. And by the way, Satan doesn't say, hey, oh, they don't feel good today. I'm not going to attack him. He piles it on. So we either stumble into discouragement or sin and false medications or we go hard after God. God, I need you right now. I'm going after you. I'm throwing all my hopes on you. you got to come through to, for me right now. And that's oftentimes the life I live where it's, God, you, if you don't come through for me, this is going to be a big disaster. <clears throat> I mean, we're talking COVID brain here, talking on the radio. So if, if I'm not talking with clarity and force, this is just a big joke. So he, God has to come through for me. It's either him or, you know, what? I'm surely not coming in here to, to get brownie points and to oppress anybody. Big deal. I, don't, I want God's power. I want his life. I want his wisdom. And I want the same thing for you. <clears throat> there is so much more of the Christian life that is available. And sometimes that doorway is suffering. And, and if we listen to the Lord and we walk with him, if we learn, learn to rest in silence, we can hear his voice. And so I want to get into, I'm going to switch gears here and get into something that I, I think we all need to be aware of that's coming up, that's going to be very devastating. And you need to be aware of, every Christian needs to be aware of, parents need to be aware of, and Artificial intelligence has been making the rounds, you know, it's in the news a lot lately and how dangerous it is and will be. And one thing that is coming up and is already here in its infancy is AI girlfriends, artificial intelligence girlfriends. That's where somebody, a real person may license their face or their and or their voice to a pornographic film and then users will be able to interact with that that image of that person so basically people will be able to interact with their pornography they'll be able to interact with the person in the screen doing sexual things talk back and forth do you know how dangerous this is going to be this is this is going to be beyond toxic like anything we have ever encountered before. And so you've got to be aware this is coming and pornography itself is already highly addictive. And one guy, a guy named Anti-Prophet, he's not a believer. He has a million followers. He actually tested an AI porn program and he said it hijacked his brain and made him believe he was actually talking to somebody who cared about him. This is how dangerous and toxic this is going to be. And so we have to start warning people now, you must not play with pornography 
any longer because this quote-unquote regular porn is going to take people, it's going to bridge right into the artificial intelligence version and you're going to see more people, more lives destroyed than ever before. And and he even, the guy even said itself, the guy um, anti-prophet said, this will lead to the destruction of society. And this is not a guy who's a Christian. So we have to warn people. We have to start opening up in the churches that this is going to destroy lives. So, my friends, thank you for joining me. God has so much for us. He has so much the Christian life is a supernatural life, and we can go out in his power with him and experience the abundant life. But we have to keep our eyes on him no matter what comes our way. So thank you for joining me, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.